Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Everybody, welcome to We Say Things, episode 14, sponsored by Fractal Design, best known for making awesome computer cases. Sindrin, you're the one that's sponsored. Congratulations, friend. <laughs> I love the intro, man. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, that intro. Uh, oh, it's great. The video, if, you got, if you're listening on audio, <laughs> the video is very poorly made by me. Uh, the um, singing, of course, is by me, but the, the, the actual good part of the music, which is the, the piano and whatnot, is my brother. So thank you to my brother for helping me create that. Thank intro. you, my brother. And thank you again to Fractal Design for being awesome and sponsoring us. Okay. So as always, Cinderin, this is available yeah. on all audio platforms, my friend. I don't know if you know this by now. I say it literally every episode, but we still get questions about it. Spotify, Apple, oh, Google Podcasts, everything. The cool thing, though is I did find a way, Sindra, to read reviews from other countries very easily. Oh, what did you do? I found a website that does it for free, apparently. We'll see if it stays Perfect. free. Perfect. Okay. I didn't look at them, though, so we don't have any reviews to go over this time. Oh. Well, that's v- weird. Thank you. You found a way to find them, and then you just didn't do it. Yeah, because I, I didn't want to bring it up, but I literally forgot about it, and then I started streaming, and then it just continued. So we're not doing that this okay. time. So thank you. No reviews friend. this week, guys. Next week, international reviews. NA host. Yes, pretty much. Yes. Senator, uh, how have you been, my friend? I'm good. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Underlords. I almost choked to death last night on water. Um, you know you know this thing where you, you drink and you get the water in the wrong pipe, right? Yeah. So usually what happens is when you get the water in the wrong pipe, you're just like, oh shit, and then you start coughing, right? But while that happened for me, I had more water in my mouth, and then I swallowed even more water. Uh, so I was like fucking coughing for, I don't know, 45 minutes until I fell asleep. So it was your true was, nightmare of drowning experience. come to life. You're uh, drowning yourself. Not, qu- not quite. I, I, I felt like I was in control of the situation the whole time, but it was kind of weird. Oh, I'm uh, glad to hear so that yeah. you survived but that yeah, but terrible yeah, I, made, I made it out on the other side. I'm good. Good. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? Yeah, like I said, I've been playing Underlords, I've been playing Dota, I've been streaming. I'm going to move in about a week. Whoa. Uh, that's why we have the background the way it is. The little the little picture is gone that you loved so much. The little Danish oh, flag is not I, on the table or on God the damn, on the shelf that. because the shelves are gone. Uh, we have disassembled those already. You can see a couple of wooden planks in the background. It looks very nice. For you guys on audio, you're not missing anything. It doesn't look Literally nice nothing. It's so, a yeah. blank wall. It's more bare than usual. Actually, it looks better because... Now it feels like there's not this small picture that should be accompanied <laughs> by other pictures. Now it's just a blank wall, which is perfectly fine. So that's okay. Um, Excellent. Did so it for we you? can yes, that I I've been doing nothing. So we, yep. we'll be going to Ukraine next week, though. So we're gonna have to figure oh. out how to do our next episode. Actually, that'll I forgot all about that. We'll put a What's wrench that? in things, Did, perhaps. Can, can you tell about that or? Yeah, I think we talked. Didn't we talk about it last episode? I'm going to the new We Play Underlords tournament. I leave, I believe, 
oh, less than a week than from today, actually. So I don't know if you record. said that. I feel well, like I, I haven't heard this, and I pay a lot of attention to you on the podcast. Yes, that's true sarcasm. If you guys remember when we cast back in the day, Cinder would be the absolute worst at listening <laughs> I mean, to what I say. No, no. Absolute worst Not indeed. True. But he's really good at bullshitting. That's that's a true life skill, if you guys don't know about it. It uh, is. It is. It truly, truly is. A lot of people do it. Anyway, let's get started. So first, we'll start with some tragic news about... In, you know who In Control is, Cinder? Did you know before this? Yes. I have not met him, but I have seen some of right. the content he has done. I have not. I never met him either. Of course, if you guys don't know, he died. He's a an old StarCraft, like one of the OG StarCraft personalities, which, again, if you guys don't know, as far as esports is concerned, that was like, I feel like the first main game that really came out onto the scene. Like this was just at the beginning of streaming. And of course, it spilled over into StarCraft 2 and whatnot, but just died suddenly. Nobody even knows how it happened. And it honestly, 33 years old, which is my age. That's it was like again I I knew I knew of him but um it still came like as quite a shock him. right it still yeah. was quite a shock like the entire day I was like in this weird I don't know just a weird mood you know yeah it's oh sorry Nikki is saying they apparently now know it was a pulmonary embolism so okay just one Let of those just... things you can give the exact definition for what that is but that makes two okay, StarCraft so personalities dying in the last, what, year and a half? When was Total Biscuit? Basically blood clot related, for those who don't know that term. Because I yeah. just had to quickly look that up. And blood clots are kind of the scariest thing because, uh, well, I don't want to get emotional. But it had something to do with my dad as well. So it's it's something that anybody can get. If you have basic surgery, you can get it. It can be genetic. Um, and it just com- kind of comes out of nowhere in a lot of ways. So just one of those yeah. weird things. So uh, heartfelt uh what's it what's it called condolences to the family and whatnot and to everybody that was touched by by in control because that was that's a that's a big personality from back in the day like you have to appreciate a lot of the ogs you know because because of them they paved the way for people like us i think uh, i think as far as i remember i I don't know how much in control had to do with starcraft one but in starcraft two he was basically playing professionally in the beginning and then i think he fully stepped down from playing pro and did a lot of like broadcasting commentary analysis he was like one of the one of the faces that you would always see when you watch starcraft tournaments that's where i i know him from i haven't really seen the podcast that he was on or the other shows but every time there was a big starcraft 2 tournament jeff was there so yeah um yeah if you guys have watched any starcraft 2 you should probably recognize him if you don't remember the name you'll remember the guy when you see it yep for sure all right yep now we can move on to some happier news i suppose uh, first, mm-hmm. I want to talk about some Moonduck-related events that are coming up, Cinder. So we talked about the Jungle Jam in the past. This is the TI9 kind of rebroadcast for NA people. Um, it's going to be in Colorado in front of a live audience. We've gotten questions <laughs> about <coughs> whether it's going to happen or not. If if not a ton of tickets sell, <laughs> let me assure jungle you... Jungle Jam, more like Jungle Scam. It will happen, regardless. Scungle Scam. Zayori, myself, and a bunch of talent yet to be announced will be going. Uh, the ticket links of which you can find in the description of the YouTube video or any of the tweets that uh, Moonduck has. So if anybody's in that area or just NA in general, you're able to get to Colorado. That should be a lot of fun. So how many seats do you have? That. It's going to be the same venue as Midas Mode, which we'll talk about next. Actually, so mm-hmm. it's scaling. It's like a huge land okay. center, but uh, I think right now I want to say they're selling like up to 400 tickets. But if there's a lot of people, then it could they could make room for more, but Okay. Uh, we're expecting maybe a couple hundred 
for TI9 Jungle Jam and then Midas mode. God fucking knows, dude. The VIP is already sold out. So, yeah, that's been. By the way, are you coming to Midas mode, Cinderin? Wait, when is it? It's late September. I mean, we could work that out. I haven't been. Slags hasn't talked to me about it at all. No, I guess he doesn't want me there. No, that's usually how. It I goes. mean, it, it, it's fair enough though, because the event is supposed to be fun, right? And that's just not my thing. <laughs> we so. can do a live rendition of our podcast at Midas mode. Doesn't that sound great? <laughs> yeah, sounds great. Sounds Speaking like of Midas fun. Mode, <laughs> did okay. you yep. see the Indiegogo that was released for Midas mode? I did. I did. What were your thoughts? Uh, can I? Can I just say? Can I just say before we talk more about this that this is like this is so fucking funny. Like this event <laughs> is amazing okay i mm-hmm. this is the dota event of the year that i look forward to the most second to ti uh, and in some <laughs> ways even more than ti it's, it's a i'm not i'm not like a super sucker for memes but i like entertainment okay I like i'm sorry what funny, can you say that like, again you're okay. not a super come come on dude be real i mean start that sentence over compared, be correct com- i okay I, I like memes okay i like memes but i'm not yeah. like super like i'm not searching for them okay there's some people that are like gravitating toward anything that they can make a meme out of or whatever i i I just i like having fun okay uh which is kind of completely contradictory to what i said like 30 seconds ago when i said Midas mode is fun and i'm not so there you go um but now this event is like it's the perfect example of what i think dota doesn't have enough of i think tournaments are trying to take themselves a little bit too seriously and are trying to make it a little bit too professional not that we can't be serious when we analyze professional games in the minors or majors or whatnot, but mm-hmm. that was something I really enjoyed in the last minor that I did in Ukraine, in the Starlighter minor, was that we were actually just having fun on the desk and we didn't have to talk about the game all the time. The producers just let us run with it. They just, you know, whatever we wanted to do, if we just wanted to clown around, talk about something else like you and me do, and we just, you know, want to bullshit about something. You it mean like Captain's fine. Draft? For example, yeah. Or like this podcast, every episode. Yeah. Um and Midas mode to me is like perfect because it's like it's really clowny. There's a lot of like just fun stuff that incorporates the community and encourages them to be a part of it. And I'm just I feel like it can't fail. Like either it's amazing or it's a train wreck and it will be super fun either way. So it's perfect. You know? Yeah. I, I think I'm so excited. Slacks has the same mentality, actually. If it's a train wreck, at least it'll be funny. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. So for those that don't really know what's going on, what the hell we're talking about, there's an Indiegogo that has been put up for Midas mode where you can buy certain portions of the map. So example, and a lot of them are quite expensive. So a lot of them are kind of catered towards companies, but uh, the the two cheapest tiers, well, actually I should talk about Sadeem screens. Did you, did you actually look at all the, the perks that were available? Uh, I think I looked at at least most of them. I okay. was on the page. So we're trying to think there. of like a micro transaction, right? So Sadeem screen ends up being the micro transaction for 20 bucks. You get an image of your choice on these virtual billboards that are on a bunch of locations in the map. So the players are going to play on a custom map, essentially. So we can change whatever we want. So we're going to add like advertisements everywhere, right? So that's the microtransaction. And then the second one is items. So you can buy, you can rename an item like Bob's Blink Dagger, for example, just add your name to the beginning of it and then superimpose or will superimpose an image of choice into the item, but it still will be recognizable. There have been some hilarious ones that we haven't released yet, but... Uh, but the big one, other than the, you can buy like structures and stuff like that, but that's that's a whole nother ball game. Uh, the heroes one is the most hilarious because you buy a hero for twelve hundred and fifty dollars, Cinderin, a very exact mm-hmm. number for whatever reason, 
ask slacks and you not only rename the hero but you can have us make a model of choice to not a completely custom model but we change the hero in a way to match what you want so for example axe has been purchased and i'm not gonna lie i still don't know what this meme is do you know what the meme I, is i know i know okay, it, please you know i don't like memes that much but right. i still know this one right yeah uh it's it's ricardo I yes think, right i you guys might think I'm a big memer, and I would say no, I'm a jokester. I'm not really a memer, and this proves what I'm saying. I have no idea what this is, but it looked hilarious. It's axe in spandex and a huge bulge in his pants and a bandana, I think, right? So that's the meme. I didn't want to say anything wrong to upset people that are very much into memes. Since I am not that much into it myself, I had to right. look up exactly the origin of this. <laughs> Uh, I've seen a couple of I've seen a couple of video renditions of this. It's basically a meme with this guy called Ricardo Milos, who's wearing a a bandana and those like what do you call the underpants even that X is on? Is it just do you just call them underpants? It's like a um what are they called? It's not a G string. That's for women. It's the the G string for it, men. Speedo. It would be like, like the underpants. It would be the underpants part of a speedo, right? I think. I guess. It, well, yeah, whatever. Sure. sure. And he does he does like this he does this dance banana hammock that's right it's a banana hammock banana <laughs> he does uh, he does this dance to to I don't remember what the original sound uh, music is but then people have edited it onto all sorts of stuff and he's like he's a part of the whole gotchi thing if that rings a bell mm -hmm. to you at all if you've heard that yeah no so that's basically I've heard short. of it okay oh that's fine I'm living under a rock when it comes to okay. me so the second hero that was purchased Cinder which is more interesting to me at least is Witch Doctor. Mm -hmm. The Capri yep. Sun and Gun has been bought. <laughs> Hell yeah. And again, it doesn't it can be whatever you guys want him to be, but this guy chose Capri Sun and Gun, which was pre-modeled, is actually ready to go, and it's pretty fucking hilarious, I'm not going to lie. So I'm looking forward to that. What's, what's the third one? There was one more, right? There's a third hero. I don't think I'm allowed to announce it yet. I know what it is. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. It I'll tell you later privately. It's I'm sure it'll be announced soon enough. It's pretty fucking good though. Okay, um, nice. I wish I could say what hero it is, but if I do, then you guys will know what it is. But anyway, we have more stuff planned in that regards. And the last thing I want to talk about with Midas Mode, uh, EG apparently, I don't have the tweet up right now, but they I'll offered... Find, this is, this yeah, is find the tweet, tweet and please give us the exact I'll, quote. I'll, I'll read it out. This one is awesome. Uh, I'm just going to find it. Slacks and uh, EG had a, an agreement via Twitter, apparently. Very normal. That's esports for you. Okay, here it is. Dear Sir Action Slacks, we hear you're running a tournament. Our terms. We buy the real estate for all cliffs for Midas Mode 2. If we enter and are in danger of elimination, all cliffs are removed from the map. Phone <laughs> lines are open. You know where to find us. And Slacks obviously immediately jumps onto this. I will legit do this. You guys are quite familiar with third. So how about Sir Sadim charges you $3,333.33 for your purchase? And EG took it. So... They own the cliffs, and I guess they will put EG logos on them. And then if EG is playing an elimination game, all cliffs are removed from the game, so Arteezy can't get cliffed. Right. And I've actually, I don't know if this is spoiling anything, <laughs> but I've actually seen screenshots of what they're currently working on for this quote-unquote elimination match. The map looks so weird without cliffs, Cinder. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> it looks really weird. <laughs> but yeah, this should be a lot of fun. I'm looking we'll forward really to really hope what EG get into elimination game. I mean, worst case, it would be in the grand finals, right? Because that's where it can be eliminated, yeah. I suppose. And but, I'm yeah, really looking great. forward to one thing in particular happening. Uh, when there's like a big high stake day coming up, like let's say that 
third to last day or something like that. And mm-hmm. custom games just break and we can't play. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I'm looking for. That would be, oh, oh, so good. Icing right. on the cake. Yeah. All right. Moving it's on true. to real topics. Uh, this one is very shocking, which, eh, if you think about it more, since we've talked about this a lot, maybe it's not as shocking. Forward Gaming, who have qualified for TI, no longer exists in terms of an organization. So I'm going to read their Reddit post. It's a bit long. Is that all right, Sindarin? That's fine. All right. This is from David Dashtoyen, the CEO. It's hard to close a company. It's even harder to close a company you founded. With a heavy heart, I regret to announce that Forward Gaming ceases to exist. As of today, all employees' contracts are being released and our players become free agents. I also regret to inform that we will have we will have to close the company with the debt remaining owed to players. Due to insufficient financial results, we are unable to cover players' salaries for July as well as 36K of players' shares of prize money, which was used partly to cover June's salary. Back in June, we informed players about the company's state and told them that we might shut down the team right after the Epicenter Major. However, we decided to wait until the end of TI Qualifier in the hope that we would be able to overcome our financial difficulties. Unfortunately, that did not happen. I feel terrible for leaving our guys at the worst uh, moment possible. We tried so hard to provide them with everything we could throughout the year and failed at the very end. This sucks. I apologize to everyone who put their time and effort into forward gaming, our players, employees, and fans. I don't know how to express our appreciation for your support and incredible dedication. Thank you. And he goes on to thank some of the players and, of course, Jack, the manager. Um, your thoughts? Uh, well, it's only speculation, kind of, right? Because, I mean, this is like, you know, just the ending post, but it doesn't say what struggles they faced along the way. It's just the conclusion, right? Without all the middle parts, like... Uh, what it sounds like to me is that they tried uh, to stick around for the TI qualifiers in the hope that if the team qualifies, they could bring in big sponsorship that wants representation at TI, and then they could kind of pay their debt that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose they tried uh, pretty hard to reach out and find any partners that they could, but they failed. And then in the end, uh, as a safety measure, he shut it down instead of, you know, you could have kept gambling if you would and just get more and more indebted, right? Right. Um, I think... so. I think somebody in the comments of this thread actually wrote about, or there was a discussion on Twitter. I don't remember what it was about the whole like NA scene. And if, um, cause it, this is like, it's happened a couple of times in NA before this, it was iceberg esports, I think with AUI on it as well. Um, where it seems like these orgs go into Dota and put up a pretty big budget before they have secured the whole funding. Um, Forward has not existed for more than a year, right? It started this season, I think. I think so. Right? So it's like a one year. Maybe last year? um, I don't remember. mm -hmm. Maybe last year. Um, So maybe what they had, maybe they had the funding for like nine months secured or whatever, or half a year, and they were like, we're going to start on that, and then we're going to expand and find stuff, and then people just don't find what they think they're going to find. And it kind of is a gamble, if you look at it. Um, You have to remember in the U.S., you're up against some pretty big names when it comes to securing sponsorships, right? If sponsors want to sponsor your team, you need to have some appeal that uh, either you don't find in the other teams or that the uh, that the sponsors want to expand into, right? You're competing against Complexity, EG, uh, G2, uh, what am I missing here? TSM, right? Um, Cloud9. Cloud9 is like the biggest esport org in the world, I think, in terms of like gross revenue or value, right? Them are liquid. So if you're, a, yeah, yeah, and liquid too, right? Liquid's like half Netherlands, half US, I think. 
I still think half the whatever. Um, but yeah, like you're comp- you're competing against some really big names. Phase, someone saying in chat, that's true as well. Um, so I think securing funding as an NA org, if you're not one of the big ones, might be difficult just because the competition has to be fierce, right? Imagine you're a company that wants to invest into <clears throat> esports. You're probably going to look toward the bigger ones. It's more expensive, but there's also going to be way more exposure for you. Um, so maybe the kind of thing you can hope to secure as this kind of org like forward is maybe tier two sponsorships that are not as valuable and don't expect as much, ex- much exposure, but then exactly the problem, right? How much are they worth? Is that enough that you can fund the whole team on it? Right. Um, Again, we don't really know exactly what happened. That's my best guess is that I they mean, didn't it, find the sponsorship hard, funding. Oh well, yeah, it's hard to, you know, for us to predict exactly what happened without knowing inside yeah. information. But another thing we haven't really discussed is the fact that kind of what we've talked about the tier two teams. It's not just the teams themselves; it's the orgs as well. It's connected. Tough to survive in the current environment, right? Especially yes. if you're an outsider. So the EGs yep. of the world, they're not that common. No other huge NA org is in Dota. Period. Cloud9 is not yeah, doing Dota that's right true. Now. NA is not well, liquid, an attractive... Liquid if you called that NA. But. Sure. But <clears throat> NA is not an attractive audience. I mean, sorry. The audience of NA is attractive, but in terms of actual demographics of Dota, a lot of it is not NA, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. that's why you see a lot of these companies not really interested. So this is a deeper conversation, which, again, we've talked about so many times, and it's still connected to this DPC thing. I hate to, to beat a dead mm-hmm. horse, Cinderin, but it's all connected. It's um, harder to run these teams... Yes. I don't know how you make money as a team if you don't already have a big org. That's my, like, I have some of these teams, I literally have no idea how they make money, if they even do, honestly. It's it's a rough world out there for Dota 2, NA specifically. But. Something that I can really appreciate, by the way, about this post, assuming that it's the truth that he wrote, I like the transparency. Yep, I agree. Uh, it's like, I'm closing down the company, we can't afford it. It really fucking sucks. This is the exact debt. These are the people that are owed and we can't pay them. Because a lot of these uh, esport companies that like go on this like quick venture and they just have a small investment and they get a team and then it gets into drama and the players aren't play- paid and then the players go on social media and complain. They're like, our org is scamming us. It's fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, is really does not seem like those cases. And the players themselves that tweeted out about it were like, it was a great experience with Forward. It fucking sucks it didn't work out. So it seems like they have empathy for this guy. At yeah. least I saw a tweet from Snaking about that. Uh, yeah, and I, I talked, maybe to, also from Mojo, I talked sure. to Jack briefly, and he basically yeah. summed up the, what we basically already knew, but that they kind of knew this was coming because they were very mm-hmm. transparent about it. So you're right. That's The fact that that is a good quality that we don't see very often is kind of sad, right? Yeah. I mean, you can understand maybe when you make public announcements about teams uh, like or companies folding or whatever that you don't want to go too much into detail. But I feel like it's, you know, it, it's kind of a, it kind of gives closure to the players as well. I think it, it's like very clear to everybody watching what happened. It clears the players entirely mm-hmm. and, you know, just just shows this perspective. And these kind of stories, when they come out and they're like uh, a bit more have a bit more detail like this, it again, it gives us this whole talking point about the ecosystem of the game right like you get to see this concrete example that isn't just okay our org is done and then there's like nothing but that even though there isn't a lot written here there's a lot more implied i feel about what the problem was and what exactly Mm -hmm. has happened so um so what i want to transition it's a good good post in my opinion what i want to transition into is from the team's perspective now what do they do so these are the options right number one you can just not get a sponsor because mm-hmm. if you have enough money to do your own boot camp, there's 
I wouldn't say there's a huge upside. There is some though, which we'll get to in option number three. Um, but you can just chill and you don't have to worry about any negotiations in terms of price pool, blah, blah, blah. Well, the third option, which I'll go over now, is actually getting a sponsor uh, for a boot camp only, no prize pool. Or if you want to give them prize pool, I guess we'll just combine my option two and three. I'm all over the place with this. But you can combine them where you give them a little prize pool to ensure that you get longer contracts. That's definitely something they could, should consider. But I think mm -hmm. the most likely thing is that they find a sponsor that's willing to just kind of delve into this because you never know from a sponsor perspective if you don't get a prize pool, which does suck. But in this case, I don't think the sponsor, the org, deserves a prize pool considering it's such a late They haven't contributed to the player's success. Right. Right. They just buy into TI. But basically. how attractive is that? Like if they do well at TI, you don't get prize pool, mm -hmm. but it's really good uh, like for your, the PR image of your organization, especially from a, a newcomer, if you will. Mouse Sports could get involved, Cinder. Maybe you can get some sponsorships there uh, for them. Yeah, I know you have a lot of contacts with Mouse. I, I feel like the, the orgs, from my perspective, I could be wrong on this, but the orgs that should be most willing and have the easiest time of doing this would be orgs like Cloud9 that are huge and can get that big exposure in Dota from this event and have it on their portfolio. Like if nothing else, you know? If uh, if the org mm -hmm. wants to sell future sponsorships, then they can be like, we ha we represented a team at TI9, the biggest right. esports event in the world, right? When you're selling this kind of stuff to sponsors, that's the kind of thing that stands out. Oh, you guys had a team at TI. We've heard about TI. That's fucking big, okay? Your org must be some good shit. You know, I, I mean, Cloud9 doesn't really necessarily they don't need, need it, though. that. Yeah. They doesn't they don't necessarily need it, but at the same time, it's it's really good for their portfolio and the expense for this compared to their net worth is nothing, right? Like Cloud9 mm -hmm. is huge. Um and it also it's good for their like I guess in region rivalry to an extent, because they will be playing against Liquid and EG, right? And that's the mm -hmm. kind of stuff that fans want to see. So to me, that would probably be a, a good choice. The other option is someone like Complexity, uh, if they are going to drop their team, which I don't think they will. I feel like they've got long and solid contracts and their like their mentality over the years about Dota has been that they have really held on to their players when they could. Like they yeah. kept Kyle very long. He was only removed from the team on the player's request, I think. Z Freak has played for them for I think seven years by now or something like this. Like really long. It's really long. One of the yeah. longest one of the longest. <clears throat> one of the most uh, player underrated players, by the way, in NA that yeah, I feel like really gets good. lost because of whatever reason. Very I think player. he was he was one of the best position fours for like two years. And then I think, if I could be brutally honest right now, he has fallen off a little bit. But it's always hard to see and say when the team is dysfunctional, everyone will look bad, right? Mm. And recently, Complexity has just not been themselves. So uh, by extension of that, I just think Z-Free can't play his A-game and can't look as good as he is. So um, from forward so yeah. gaming, the team, not the org, the team's perspective... Yeah. Without having any other information, because we don't. So based on your current mm -hmm. opinion, what do you think is the best route for them? Do you think it's worth Ugh. getting a sponsor? Do you think it's just better to go into TI, just bet on yourselves, essentially? Because really what I they're being paying for is a boot camp, mm -hmm. which I think they can probably afford. You have AUI on the team. You won fucking TI before, well, as a coach. I, I would be really surprised if there isn't any single org that will contact them and be like, we will fund your boot camp so that you play with our name at TI. And if you they never do that, that, they before? should just take it, right? They have, they have nothing to lose, huh? What's that? Wait, what did you say? You've never heard of that happening? or? No, I'm saying I would be very surprised if, if nobody offers oh, that to this right. team. No, I agree. If they get zero offers of, hey, we will pay for your boot camp if you play with our name at TI. And they should just take it. I mean, uh, unless they really don't want to represent this brand, <clears throat> they could sign a contract for like one month just yeah, for TI, the, get the, the upside, exposure, and then... But that's the uh -huh. thing. Like From a team perspective, why would they do that? 
If you can afford the boot so camp, which I'm pay, telling you can. Well, then they don't have to pay their boot camp. They can pay their boot camp. Well, if they, I'm saying if if the org will just pay for their boot camp and take 0% prize money and it's a right. contract that ends when TI is over, you're basically being paid, I don't know, X thousand dollars to have a shirt on at TI. I mean, unless you hate the org or feel like it really lowers well, your value the, as a player, I don't see how that would be the, the case. The reason Why I bring it up that? is because of these player-owned orgs that have been popping up left, right, and center. Maybe that's something they'll consider as well, right? Bet on themselves. Um, I again. suppose I just I just I just don't know if they can do the logistics for making mm. a player based org within one month, right? Or no, two weeks. It, I'm not saying there's a right or I'm just it's just so. interesting to talk about because I don't Yeah. I, don't know I, I mean it's true. There's like they're in the good position that they're qualified to TI. So yeah. the prize money, even if they get last place, can easily cover all their expenses and more for uh for their boot camp. But again, yeah, we'll just we'll have to wait and see what they want to do. Um but yeah, I like none of the options sound bad. Right? How about Team Suns fan? Should I do it, Sindarin? Oh, what if I will in give them saying Sursa Deems Org? <laughs> <laughs> Some of that money from Midas Mode to sponsor a team. Dude, we oh, have boy. a fucking Midas Mode team at TI. <laughs> That's the best sponsorship uh. possible because it gives so much exposure to the actual tournament. <laughs> oh my god, that's so good! All right, Slacks. I'm going to message him after this episode <laughs> and ask. Maybe we could have a conversation. If they're not asking for that much money, we can probably provide a boot camp. Like, why not? That sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Moving on, Cinderwin. Uh, the kid yeah. invoker is now out. Uh, Hallelujah. And what do you think? I demoed it. Um, it's kind of, it's this thing that's always the case when it comes to like child actors or whatnot. Um, oh boy, here we for go. For me, in in this game and like the, um, how to say, I personally, I don't mind the idea of having young characters like this or, you know, earlier versions, whatever you want to call it. I think the aesthetic of it is really cool. I think the orbs are awesome. I think the model is very well made. I think the animations are great. Um, but to me, the voice is off compared hmm. to the rest of the game because the rest of the game is very how to say like it's maybe a bit hard to put into words but the like the quality overall it's to be expected i believe this is voiced by a child, a child. or a teen right it is I, voiced by a child i couldn't tell you bart simpson's by a woman so i have no fucking clue these yeah days. I, I believe this is voiced by a child actor um and i feel like either that person was not given enough time or enough tries or they're just not as good as the really professional voice actors we have on the rest because i feel like this voice is just it's just a notch below the rest that's what it feels like because i love dota's audio design and i think all the voice acting is amazing i think all the sound effects of the game that's probably i've talked i've mentioned this before in the podcast i think i think dota's sound sound design is one of the absolute best part of the games it's amazingly well done so and this one for me just doesn't hit it I mean, doesn't hit I, all us. All I'm hearing is that you fucking hate kids. <laughs> no, that is okay. That's a that's, that's a what I got out of that long conclusion. model. <laughs> you fucking despise kids. You just don't want them no. to play in your games. You don't want to no, hear their goddamn listen, voice all the time. For example, in Stranger Things, I yeah. think the actors in Stranger Things are really good. They are good. The, yeah. the kids in that, I think they're great. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm just being honest. I. Uh, I, I just think this voice acting is not as good as the rest. And perhaps the voice acting is still good, 
it's just by comparison, the rest is excellent, right? All right, what if... So if you take anything okay and compare it to excellency, then right. it's not going to look as good. Scenario number one here. You find out... Valve mm -hmm. messages you right now and says, that was actually a woman, a like a grown woman, voice acting a well, kid. Does that change your perspective I, at all? Then I, then I still stand by it. I think the voice acting is worse than the rest of the heroes. So it's not okay. And if it's one of the other yeah. if it's one of the other voice actors that have done other heroes, I just don't think this is their best work. All right, what if opinion. it's what if it's a man? That's really impressive to get that pitch. Um, I mean, does that change, why does that change anything? <laughs> I don't get it. What are you I'm getting at here? So that you makes just, like zero you just difference. hate the voice. You just hate the voice in general. It's not about how impressive it is to do as an adult versus just a kid doing it's it. It's not about the difficult. It's just objectively about just how sound. good is this sound compared to the rest of the sound in All the right. game. Now, let me ask you this. And I think I think it's worse. Now, and forget about voice acting or just acting in general. The children's voice in general, does it bother you? Do you have a problem with children's voices? Mm, no, not really. I, I don't have a problem. What That's what I that said. One? I don't have a I don't have a problem there was a, that is not a child's voice. That's a stupid <laughs> old man. Trying to be a child. Um, no, I mean, it's just a thick I, I baby I voice. A, I don't have a problem with the idea of having uh, child characters in the game, or uh, you know, like higher pitched okay. voices like that. That that doesn't trigger me at all. I just, yeah, again, I just don't think it's Do as good. It's perhaps, a Valve employee's okay, kids' voice, maybe. I don't think so. I feel like I saw somebody post who it is actually because they oh. have given credits to the name of the person and somebody looked them up on IMDb and it's a voice actor slash actor who is I think I don't know in the early teens or something like okay. this. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it was something like that. Um, now, so so what I was thinking just now is perhaps the reason I dislike it uh, compared to the rest is that it also uses all of the original Invoker's quotes. So it just is like in my brain when I hear these quotes, mm -hmm. it's like <clears throat> you're hearing the same voice lines but just with a totally different voice, right? So there's like this disconnect between what you expect and what you get. And if they would have done fully unique voice lines for this young Invoker, if he said other things than the older Invoker does, perhaps I would like it more because then it's like its own character, right? In a way. Does that make sense at all? No, it Sure. I mean, I have no problem with it personally, but I also don't hate kids. Mm -hmm. But, you know, to each he their says own. all of Invoker's quotes as a kid. He's like, like, can, can he be himself then? Like who? OK, here's the question. Who <laughs> talks the same way when they're 12 Invoker. as when they're 150? Invoker okay? does. OK, I think old Invoker is like over 100 years old or something. No. OK, like the adult Invoker. He has not developed at all, except you, his pitch has changed. Yeah, but how do you know that he's not 50 years old as a child? Maybe they, their voice and their body develop slowly, but their intellect well, uh, caps out at 50. So he's the same intellect well, as 50 to 100. His body just never human, grew. What human talks the same when they're 30 as when they're 80? Sindarin, like, you don't seem do you to understand. It's... This is how you need to look at it. It's an adult brain in a baby's body. That's what we have with Invoker right now, okay? And then you're just saying when he grew up, he didn't change at all in intelligence. I actually He's don't give a shit. Character. I'm just breaking your balls right now. I really don't give okay. a shit about this. <laughs> this is a very entertaining conversation, though, I have to say. This is how we turn okay. nothing into yeah. something on this podcast. Okay. Let's, let's talk quickly about something else about the Kid Invoker that is not related to the voice, okay? <laughs> okay. The pick rate and the win rate graphs of this are uh, hilarious. I don't yeah, know if you I'm saw sure. them. 
because um, it's one thing when new cosmetics get added to the game and people get excited. They want to play their favorite hero, you know, and then some heroes, when the caches come out, some heroes bump up a little bit in popularity because people want to try out their new sets. And then there are the heroes that are inherently difficult and complex to play that everybody suddenly gets an item for. Invoker's yeah. pick rate went up by like 10% and his win rate went down <laughs> by like 5 to 10, I think I saw on the graph. Yep. A 5% win rate reduction with no changes to a hero is insane. It means there are so many people playing that have no fucking clue what they're doing. Yep, pretty much. And it's great. That's amazing. Um, that's, that's Unless what it's happens. on your team, you, then it's not amazing. I mean, yeah, I think that actually did happen one game. Uh, at least I'm speculating that guy was not so good on Invoker. But um, if you imagine this kind of persona got released for a more straightforward hero or a hero that most people understand how to play, you would not see these like huge fluctuations in win rate. Uh, you wouldn't pick rate, of course, but... This is fun to see because I, I can only imagine like what if they put in a really, really cool set for Meepo mm-hmm. and you would just see the win rate of this hero plummet as well, right? Um, eh, it's it's kind of funny. Meepo would be a like, hero that I don't think people are really excited to play. Invoker is like, it's a very hard hero to be good at, but even if you're bad, you have fun with him because it's a cool concept. Meepo is just, I don't find that. I don't think a lot of people find that fun, you know? But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm not surprised. I think everybody kind of predicted that that would happen with Invoker, right? So, yeah, of course. But yeah, it is what it is. Yep. All right. So it's TI fun. nine, uh, the final two people that have attended all TIs as a player or any capacity really, but this specifically is players. Puppy and Karoka are the final two. That is unbelievable. That's a great achievement. Well, so in any capacity so far, I'm still there. Okay. Doesn't I've count. Been to all eight. Then. Nice try. You said in any capacity. Nice try. Okay, for players, these are the only two. The third one left, or there were two more left, technically. It's like... Yeah, it's debatable. It comes, it's it's debatable because it de- it depends if you count Universe from TI1, where he was a sub. And I right. don't think he actually got to play a game, but he was there mm-hmm. officially as a substitute player. Um, but all following TI's Universe played until this one, which he's going to miss. He didn't even play qualifiers. He didn't choose to play with a team, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm I'm surprised by. I don't know why he decided against giving it a shot, but... You know, maybe he has some personal issues he's dealing with. Maybe he didn't feel like there was any team that was promising enough and didn't want to devalue his brand. Because this is a legit concern, I think. If you're, if you're like, <clears throat> this is like something about Ana, right? If you're the best in the world and you win TI and you don't have this fall from grace, then when you come back to play, your stock is still super high because everyone remembers mm. you being this god, right? And if Universe starts surfing on tier two teams and it doesn't really work out and they don't qualify... It's the same thing with the Z Freak thing. You're going to look worse by comparison. Mm. Not because you're necessarily worse, but the game's just harder. It's yeah. harder to look good. Uh, maybe it's something like that. I don't know. And the other guy who didn't make it this year was DDC, who has qualified from China countless times, either directly or through qualifiers, but his team did get knocked out. So um, I believe those were the last two outside of Puppy and Kuro. Um, and Kuro's case is actually also a little bit special. If you do want to get really like pure breed about this, Puppy is the only one. Uh, Wait, what happened with Kuroki? He was on Mouse Kuro, Sports a couple times. Yeah, Kuro went with Mouse for TI2. Mm-hmm. And he stood in for Come With Me because he failed to get a visa. So he was like, he was technically ah. a stand-in that got to play at that tournament for come instead of Come With Me for Mouse. I mean, that, that should and, count, though. That... I mean, yeah, it's again, it depends what your perspective is. Is it that you are a primary player on the team? Because is that different from the universe? He's a mudblood! It doesn't count! Yeah, I mean, it's it's whatever. It's like, it, it's a great storyline to have that they played at all TIs, and they did. So, 
It's yeah. just a technicality that I don't think matters. But we and mentioned I think, it anyway. Uh, I'm going to predict now that Puppy will be the first two-time winner this year. You think Secret's going to win? I think it's, yeah, I think it's, it's come to time. Mm-hmm. Either that or a Chinese team. Those are always I think we'll have a Chinese team win this year. It's definitely possible. I think my, my two favorites right now are Vici and LGD. Okay. But it's really hard Fairness. to say, as always with TI. It's its own little world. <clears throat> Indeed. And you never know what's going to happen. That is very true. Uh, last thing about Dota. Mm-hmm. Don't really need to talk about this too much, but $30 million. We got $30 million. Yep. <clears throat> How far was it you said it would go? 35? And I 35. said 32 or something? Yeah. Or maybe I, I even said 31. Based on if the I current 31, trajectory, I think it's going to slow down a bit. But if the current trajectory you know, continues, it'll be $35 million. But I think it'll be a little short maybe now that I'm looking at it again. Maybe like 33.5, 34, something like that. But we'll see. Uh, what do we still have to come? Treasure tiny, 3. Treasure 3. Tiny. tiny. Uh, and the creeps, is it? Creeps. That's not a big one, though. People didn't care about the creeps no, last year. I don't care. I don't think they care that much. Tiny hasn't had a set in six years, so that's actually kind of big, that's honestly. That's a pretty big deal, yeah. And the that's, treasure. The tiny is that one's it? pretty big. Uh, that's what I could think of. Unless they do something like last year where they did the, what was it, tre- uh, Promise of Eminent Revival or whatever it was called. Hmm. The remodel thingy for people with level 660-something compendium, I think. Uh, I don't remember. Um, I don't know if they're going to do that this year. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> whatever the talent treasures are going to be, Chad is telling me. That's true. Too. Oh, yeah. There's, yeah, but they do. They, they Those don't are com- attached. They don't contribute to the prize pool. But people are buying the sets. Oh, you mean, wait, the the Trove Carafts? Oh, yeah, they contribute to the prize pool and to the talent, right? Yeah. Is that how hey, they work? You, yes. No? Did they? No, no, no. Trove trove tro- tro- I don't know if I'm, am I allowed to say this. I guess I don't, I, I'm not invited I feel, to TI, so no, I guess but I can't. But... In, pa- in the past, <laughs> did Trove mm-hmm. Carafts contribute to the prize pool? I think they didn't. Trove Carafts? I, like, I feel like they didn't. I feel like you they could do. buy them Why with or it? without signature, but I don't. I, I honestly, I don't remember. I know that the signature but, didn't contribute to the price. Yeah, pool. the signature absolutely did not. I don't. Uh, why would they release? It doesn't make sense to release a treasure that doesn't contribute during, like literally during TI. I think it does. But okay. we'll see. I, well, we'll, I, I, I mean, remember. I'm sure we'll talk about it when the time comes. All right, so that's Dota. Dota Underlords. Wow. What a patch. That is the biggest patch of any non-Dota game I have personally ever seen. It changed so much. Uh, you said you've been playing a lot of Underlords, Cinderin. I guess... Yeah, I've been playing lately. We have, of course, an Underlords podcast, which you can visit at sunsfan.gg slash podcast if you want the in-detail descriptions of everything. So we'll talk about a few things that were changed that are kind of big. Um, a lot of heroes were changed in terms of tiers. We got some switching of alliances. Um... I'm just perusing it now. But right now, before we get into it, you've played, right? Have you seen the Arc Warden yeah. shenanigans that are going on right now? Yes, I have. I have. Wow. It is very frustrating, I have to say. Uh, so the big things that were changed that actually affect your every single game, like in terms of impact, Primordials are like the best thing by far right now. Arc Warden combined with CM is insane because you deal a lot of damage. But probably the biggest change is the... It's everything is up tempo now. Games are a lot faster. They're yeah, ending before they're round thirty a lot of the times, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that um, you take more damage now. They added literally one damage extra for every nine rounds, so it it feels really like I like the patch overall, but it feels really bad early because if you get off to a, a slow start, 
you don't start get like once you get your actual income in place, you're at like 40 HP versus yeah, like hard. 60 before. <clears throat> I agree. I think the two gripes I have with this patch or well, the overall one is compared to the other. I, I have played like 34 hours of this game. OK, so I haven't played that much, but. Uh, in comparison, <clears throat> in comparison to previous patches, I feel like in a way this is the most RNG heavy one, just because it's so clear right now that primordials, when you get good luck, are too strong compared to everything else. And mm -hmm. with the tempo that you said, if you have a combination of other people are getting these good primordial drops and you uh, have a bad start, clawing your way back into the game is impossible. Almost it feels like where mm -hmm. in the past you can have a bad start, you start getting comeback gold. You suddenly, you know, build some sort of alliance composition that can start fighting the enemy and catch up. If you are behind the eight ball against primordials, overtaking them is so hard because their units are so inherently strong for multiple rounds, like the whole mid game from like, let's say round 10 to 20, they need to buy very little to continuously beat you. So if you try to catch up an economy, you can't because they're just going to stay ahead. They need yeah. to buy less than you. And so. they've actually stated that this, it's probably by the time people listen to this podcast, honestly, on Tuesday, most likely today, uh, yeah. they will be nerfing Arc Warden. <laughs> so uh, yeah. looking forward to that. I think they that. said they would be nerfing Primordials in general, right? Yeah, probably both. I think they'll probably reduce the duration because right now it's a four second disarm, which is absurd. Um, when you combine that with the font of creation, I believe it's called, the global item. Yeah, the item. It is rough to like, play against. My my take on this, if I could balance just based on the little experience I've had, I think Eidolon should have 10 armor instead of 20. I think it's crazy they have 20 armor. I thought that, that was spawn. a typo. Literally, I thought that was a typo. They That's have insane. 20 armor. Yeah. And uh, if they have 10 instead, and then you either nerf uh, Arc Warden or the Primordial passive... Mm. Or you nerf either of them a bit, and then you nerf Maiden's Aura. I think that's good enough. Um, yeah, I think I don't CM know. might What's get touched a bit on, too. Do you think CM is too strong? Like, what other compositions <clears throat> make CM stupid? She's actually good in a one? lot of comps. Like, you can literally just yeah. go demons, and you, you can throw in CM in almost any strat, because if you have somebody that needs yeah. to cast, it's worth it, usually. Plus, if you get, like, Fall from Grace, which turns humans into um, Heartless, Heartless, she's a great yeah. person to add as well. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of situations... I hope she doesn't get mega nerfed because I like the idea of CM, but she probably deserves a bit of a touch, I think. I mean, um, what I wouldn't mind with CM would be to change the aura from what is it right now? Is it 8, 14, 20? Yeah. And lower it to like, let's say 6, 12, 18, and then give her a bit better stats. Like make her a better combat unit slightly. And better make the, for Mask I mean, of Madness I, is what you're saying? Hmm? For example, <laughs> I mean, the, the idea of the hero is clearly that it's weak and has the aura, right? And you can keep mm. that You can keep that identity where it's still weaker than every other unit in the game, but just the aura is less strong, right? Right. That was, I mean, right now people are putting strong. multiple CMs on the board just to get the mana regen for yes. Arc Warden. So it's a little ridiculous. And that, that kind of indicates that the aura is too powerful, right? If you can put a shit unit on the board yeah. just for the aura and have zero synergies in the lineup except for its own passive, the unit is too good. It's that yeah. simple. I mean, it was always so, yeah. pretty good. Yeah, no, you're right. I think that'll get touched. But another big thing that was changed, a lot of the, if not most, of the Tier 3 units... Uh, let me kind of paint a picture of how the meta was before this patch and the reason this was changed. So before, you would just get a quick level 9... And you just, you hope to God you get what I love to refer to as Hcock, the higher class of criminal, which gives you essentially, it's as if you're a level higher in terms of what units you're seeing in your, on, yeah. in your shop. So people just get legendaries. You just slap legendaries down. You don't give a shit about alliances for the most part. As long as you get these level two legendaries, you're good to go. Now, games are a lot quicker, so you don't really get to that point. Plus, 
level three units now are way better. So before it would take a, a one-star unit, it would double its stats as a two-star, and then you double it again for level three. The reason they felt weak compared to like auto chess is because you can combine items in auto chess. You have a Luna, level three with Mask of Madness, MKB, all this freaking stuff she destroys. Yeah. You can only put one item on these heroes. So they felt weak. So now I think across the board, a 20% damage increase on level three units, which is a huge deal, which is why and in com combination them. with the games being so short, you see a lot more people rolling for these level three units, which I like. I think I like it. I like it quite a bit so far. In, in combination with that, it's not only the base stats that are better. Some of them get like a ridiculous ramp up to level three. Like yeah. Clockwork is the perfect example. His battery assault gets half the tick rate so you mm -hmm. double the damage of the spell it has and it will be way more mini stuns which is actually really strong and then you uh, you also increase its damage its health everything armor it even got more armor uh yeah the unit was also changed in draft tier so it's a little bit different than some of the others i suppose um, yeah and i'm going based off of memory with this a lot of tiers were changed uh I, also enigma who is considered maybe the best unit in the entire game uh, is not a warlock anymore. It's a shaman, so it's a lot worse. Um, mm. But in terms of tiers, this is off the top of my head. I Tinker and Clockwork were both tier one before. Now they're three. Um, yep. Razor is went from three to one. Mm -hmm. um, Triant went from two to three. The big one is Tidehunter went from five to four, and he's a warrior yep. now. And he's pretty bad in my experience. He's bad level one. He's very bad level one, and then very he's pretty bad. good level two. Yeah, it's just it's interesting um, to see him as a warrior. But also, yeah. uh, in terms of legendaries, Medusa was changed from a 4 to 5. Troll. And four Troll from a 4 to... Actually, Troll's an interesting one. So there's actually one more legendary than before, so that's another <clears> nerf <throat> to legendaries because it's less likely that you'll find a level 2 now. True. Uh, yeah. But Troll, I believe the stats of a level 1 Troll right now are equivalent to the old level 2 Troll, which is insane. That is mm. ridiculous. So troll is really freaking good. The problem is the troll synergy, you need four for the full thing. It's not likely you're going to find it, which I think they're going to add yeah. Dazzle at some point, most likely. But even <clears throat> even if you don't have the synergy, a troll by himself gives himself fervor, right? So yeah. if you have a, even a level one troll with a decent damage item can actually hit really hard. Um, yeah, and then oh, the last one, changed? Venno was uh, a three to a one as well. Venno three to one, Sanking three to four. Yeah. I want to say Slark 2 to 3, but was no. that this patch? Slark Not has always patch. been that. Slark actually got a buff. Uh, <laughs> Slark, Slark has been a 2. He was a 2 at one point, but maybe it was very short. I'm pretty sure he was a In two. auto chess, maybe. Not in Underlords, in, I don't think. Are you positive? Oh, maybe. I'm not positive, but might be getting them mixed up. I'm not sure. Uh, there might be a couple it, more. Wind, Wind Ranger 3 to 2 as well, right? Oh, right. Okay. So yeah, a lot uh, of that I stuff changes the way it works uh, in terms of what you want to level and things of that nature. And also... Items got a pretty big change as well, which is probably the final thing we'll talk about. Uh, so the global items before, obviously, you just have one per alliance. But now, I mean, you still get one per alliance, but they come in tiers. So you can get a tier one version, tier two, or tier three. So as an example, Unstable Reactor, before it was just a 20% uh, explosion of your max HP. Now, if it's tier one, it's 10%. Tier two is 20. Yep. Tier three is 30. This is pretty cool. Uh, because obviously you can get it to stack in a lot of cases, but it basically rolls at the beginning of the game for you individually, okay? So if you, it rolls for every global item. So if you get, and of course you don't know this until it shows up, but let's say you get coordinated assault, yeah. uh, and it's a tier one. That means for you, the rest of the game, it's a tier one. You can never find a tier two or tier three. 
So that's yeah. how it works. So it's very interesting. It changes your mentality in terms of items a lot. Uh, I actually a lot think of... that's my favorite change of the patch. Why? Overall. Um, because in the past, there was so much about if you roll... Um, if you roll the perfect alliance early and you can build up for it, the alliance, you know, like the way it scales and the way they work relative to each other, the fact that you can now roll powerful alliances later in the game and they still feel impactful at the time, right? Mm. In the past, let's imagine uh, the alliances when you rolled them early and you rolled the right alliance, it was really powerful for ramp up. Like you would be very strong for a while and then... <clears throat> Eventually, you would just, since you didn't have to choose the alliance later on, you would just choose strong items, right? Now you have like this dynamic where you can choose a weaker alliance, or you can be like, okay, I will, I don't want this alliance right now because I can maybe get a better one later. And I'm not sure I want to commit to this direction yet. Mm -hmm. If I don't choose it, then I can still roll it later. Um, what, what would be a good example? Um, Pocket Sands? Like, uh, yeah, for example, like Pocket Sands or um, how strong is um, the uh, the one with demons? Uh, oh, Strange, strange Bedfellows. Bedfellows. I actually just got that today. I, I built demons first. I'm like, God, please just get me a, a tier three Strange Bedfellows. And I got it. It's ridiculous, although I lost. Yeah. So maybe not so ridiculous. Um, but in the, previously, if you go in a direction, right, you would, you would never choose demons unless you found Correct. Strange Bedfellows early. Yes. Right? Yes. And now it's like, oh, I have good rolls for demons. There's some play in the chance that you can get demon related mm -hmm. power up later. Because yep, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in the old system you couldn't find strange bedfellows after the X item round. It became too low tier. Yeah, I at think at some point. Maybe I'm not sure if round ten you could get it, but if so, it's a small chance and after that I think it's impossible. I it's think it wasn't there, before. right? Yeah. yeah. So the fact that, again, it's just more flexible and there's more options and yep, it seems like the, the balancing of tiering so that it also makes it easier for them to like turn the knobs a little bit on what's too strong and too weak because there's like in-game tiering now. Whereas before it was like either this alliance is good or bad, right? Mm -hmm. And some of the items were clearly just flat out better than others. And now it's like depends on the time, depends on what race you're, or alliances you're playing and uh, what other people have, timing in the game, all this stuff. So I think that was a really great way of doing it, to be honest. And I forgot to there's some more things I forgot to mention, but um, a couple items changes. Mask of Madness is now tier three, and it's better. Yep, it's it's really and sixty instead of ten and forty. I think right? it's really yeah. good. I mean, it was good before. It's really good now. Uh, completing the cycle range change from one to two cells. That one doesn't sound that big. That is huge. Two cell radius versus one is absolutely ginormous. Druids are really for which strong one right you, now. What did you say that was for? Uh, completing the cycle to heal if you're a druid. Plus the... Oh, right, right. Yep. Think, was it this patch or the last one? The bear is considered a druid now as well, so that's just extra heal on top mm -hmm. of it. It's pretty strong. I think the, um, the bear is savage druid, I think. Yeah. Uh, higher class of criminal, which was the most OP item in the game last patch, went from tier 3 to tier 5, so you're almost never going to see it, especially in the current meta. And then the final item in those respects is recruiter. Oh my god, this one's so good. So it used mm. to be the first re it was a tier 5 item so a late game item the first reroll is free it was garbage now it's a tier 4 item and it changes your rerolls to be one gold instead of two this gives you twice as many it's rolls it's really good it is absurd and like we talked about with level 3 units being so strong this item is insane right now uh, and then the final I thing actually, go go ahead yeah go on no you can go first i was just going to talk about the next thing if you want to talk about that Creeps. 
Okay, well, yeah, I can just finish off on the reroll then, because I, mm. I don't know. To me, this item seems a bit OP, like conceptually what it does, and I was just thinking about how you could balance it if, uh, if there would be something like rerolls now cost one gold, but you roll one tier lower, or something Ugh, like this. That sounds awful. Do you, would it would it be terrible then? Is the yeah, question? That would be bad because your rolls cost half. It's like ins and. You always have to consider the perspective, well, you're choosing it instead of another tier 4 item, so you could have had a Battle Fury, or you could have had whatever, you know, but... Right. Or Moonshard. Well, uh, I think this, just, should be, the, this should be a tier the 5. The recruiter just seems insane. If yeah, it's a maybe tier 5, it should just be tier fine. 5. Yeah, sure. I mean, maybe Tier 4 is way too... then, yeah. in the current meta, we wouldn't really see it much then, right? So yeah. then, again... That's true. But I, I, I could agree with that change. nerf, too. Making it tier uh, 5 is fine. So loot rounds have changed. So if you lose, first and foremost, no longer does it like cancel out a couple items, random items, which is very frustrating. Now you just get items that are tier lower, which doesn't feel as frustrating. If you lose, you're not super mad, honestly. It feels a lot better. They also made the loot rounds way harder. Yes. Way harder. Way harder. <laughs> so every, every creep now comes with like some mega version of an alliance buff. So for example, big golems have the mega warrior so they get just a shit ton of armor but the real hard ones specifically tomato potato they get the yeah. bloodbound alliance so if you kill one the other one becomes impossible <laughs> like literally one shotting and with super high attack speed and then the other one is the thunder no one beats these it feels like thunderhide alphas they gain bloodlust basically they just buff each other and get full hp constantly they're really difficult to kill depending on what alliance you're actually going with. Yeah, it, it's kind of funny to me because like my experience with this patch and these upgraded uh, boss levels, I feel like either I have a composition where I just beat everything or I have a composition where I lose to like almost all of them. It's not yeah. like there doesn't seem to be much of an in-between. And obviously one of the really strong aspects to have when you're fighting these is having uh, a hex is super strong. Um, having bouncing stuns is really useful. You mean Witch Doctor? AOE stuns. <laughs> yeah, well, That's Witch Doctor stun. stun. Ravage can be good um, mm. in the right levels. Um, something like Chain Frost is also really good, right? If like there's, there's these two strong Dependent. units that you need to kill, um, and I, I've had this experience of either I just cruise through them and I don't struggle with any of them, or I just get fucking destroyed. Right. And the one you didn't mention is the Wild Wings that have seventy five percent evasion. Yeah, so obviously hilarious. some lineups deal with these super easily, and some struggle really hard. Yeah. Um, but losing isn't that I frustrating. So I. I'm okay with this, honestly. Maybe the yeah, Thunderhide I mean, should be nerfed a bit. That's about it. To, to an extent, I, to an extent, it also becomes a skill thing, I guess, where, you know, in the past, you were only truly planning for the wolf level where you just have to reassign your board. Mm. And now you might need to rethink a bit. Okay, if I'm playing against these Wild Wings that have a lot of evasion, who am I going to sacrifice first while I build up mana? Because I can't, I can't realistically get my mana while all my units are alive. So I need to choose my... Yeah. You know, you need to like hedge your bets. It's kind of cool. It's like an extra skill thing because before it was piss easy. I think until these bosses got buffed, I didn't lose a single boss fight ever. Yeah, pretty Maybe much. Maybe once to the dragon or something. But well, speaking like, of the dragon, the trolls, really the year beast, Roshan, I have played a bunch. Of, I have literally not seen these creeps yet because the games are over. The games yeah. are super fast right now, which I personally I have, like. Uh, but there's obviously some tweaks needed. I have not faced the trolls in 34 hours of gameplay. I've seen them once for another player. I think mm. that's it. Uh, <laughs> I've only so, gotten to Ro on the old patch, Roshan once. That's it. Those are like super Wow, late you've game. been there. Holy shit. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. I, I think right now, <clears throat> it's almost mathematically impossible, actually, to get there. Yeah, I feel it's... like it's so hard. Oh, by the way, sleeper item that everyone thinks I'm an idiot for liking, although I'm starting to talk to some pros that agree with me, Aegis. 
So the end yeah. of these games, think of it this way. People are talking about like ages. Why take it? It's like you're, you're, uh, you're Expecting playing to not to lose, right? That's not how you mm-hmm. should be playing, which I agree with for the most part. But if you have other items that aren't particularly impactful, taking an ages could be really good because these games, I'm telling you, the, like by the end of the game, there might be one guy that's like in the lead by quite a bit. You have literally five people consistently at very low HP, any one of them, could go out first and Aegis could go be the difference between like sixth and second in a lot of these games. Yes. And that's why Aegis is for ranking up, especially like if you're trying to rank up, it's not the worst thing to see in my opinion, but we'll see. I think the item is really good. Usually from what I've seen in the games recently, it's like, you know, the early game, you take like five damage here, you take 10 damage there. And then at some point you reach this point of critical mass where somebody lands a really strong combo and they start dealing 20 to 25 damage or they get vicious intent and they fucking murder people yeah and having ages like like you said if there's five players left or whatever and you face the strong guy and you ages out like 30 damage you ages that out and then the next two rounds you face other players that deal 10 to you each you basically extended your lifespan by three rounds with one i played a game today which is is a perfect example i would have ended fifth if i didn't have ages but instead i ended third where I literally had 25 health, and I played my friend Joel. He did 39 damage with his fucking Arc Warden shit, and I would have died fifth. Aegis, 39 health saved, or 25 in that case. There you go. So it, yeah. it's, it is somewhat situational. Sometimes it doesn't help at all, but, you know. But I, I, I think also think good. that's something to think about. If this game is to go competitive, right? I think the format for uh, a game like Underlords is competitive, you need to treat it a bit like how um, Fortnite, for example, is treated, where you acknowledge that there's a lot of randomness in the game, there's a lot of variables, there's a lot of variance in general in what can happen, so you cannot decide this game in a best of one. And I think the best competitive system for Underlords is a point-scoring system, like what Fortnite has, where you get points for... In Fortnite, you get points for placement, and you get points for kills. And I think in Underlords, you can't get points for kills because it's kind of random who gets the kill. Like, that's Mm -hmm. not really skill-based necessarily. But what you could do is you do a point system where if you say you have a a 10-player tournament in Underlords, I think, or or an 8-player tournament, whatever, these 8 players play each other in 5 to 10 games, and it's about accumulating most points. And it's just on placement. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to start seeing people take ages because it's not about winning, it's about getting points. Yep. So the higher you place, the better. I feel like that's uh, kind of the case already the, the for auto system. chess tournaments, though. It is kind of point-based. Yeah, because like, you can't do best of one. You can't do best of three either. It just doesn't feel it's like, like a, it's representative of the game. Like It doesn't yeah. fit the format. No, I agree. So. I agree. Okay. So on to random-ass stuff now, Cinder. We need to come up with a name for this segment. Yeah. But uh, this is from Ghost Caliber, community question. Do you okay. believe in life after death? Oh... Mm. it's something I, I have thought about it a bit I've thought about how I don't believe in something worse after death if that makes sense no hell yeah I think if you die either somehow there's something with conscience that somehow it's it's kind of like the scientist in me or whatever says that this is impossible but it's kind of i guess it's kind of natural to want to believe this yes that when your life is over you will experience other life mm-hmm. what i what i take sol- find solace in is the, the belief that if death is the end then there's nothing bad after like it's just done 
Like you don't have a conscience that gets, uh, you don't feel pain. You don't feel uh, remorse. All of these things, like th- these things are gone. You can't uh, play Dota. Other people live on. It's true. That's even better, right? You can't <laughs> poison yourself every day. Um, so yeah, I mean, th- that's that's what I think at least. If there is a life after death, it's not one of like inherent punishment, but it's more. Right. I, I think if it exists, it's more of an in a reincarnation sense that your conscience uh, re reexperiences in some other form, which I mean technically could be hell if you reincarnate as something garbage, right? Um, <laughs> a cockroach. But, <laughs> well then your life is short then you reincarnate pretty fast after right? yeah although they okay. may be experienced time differently it might be 100 years of shit oh, that's true yeah that's miserable who knows so okay so i'll go over my quick answer which is i pretty much agree with you i think it's just blackness there's nothing after death uh, i'm not very religious not spiritual at all obviously i want to believe i would love to believe um but i don't think it is that's the boring answer but what about a I always, ah, this is such a cliche in some senses, but this is not what I believe, but I want to believe it. And I think it would be so funny if this was the case. What if this is, what if we're actually living, we're other beings and we live in the far future, let's say, maybe not even that far. And it is our entertainment to go to like, let's, the the best way I can kind of envision this or explain it is we all go to an arcade together. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. And we get to, it's kind of like a second life. We get to experience an entire life and it only takes like 10 seconds. But for us, like right now, we're living in the virtual world. This is like, Mm -hmm. let's say a hundred years or whatever. But for us in the actual world, it's like 10, 15 seconds. You get to experience an entire lifetime. You go to like some fucking arcade. (laughs) So when we die, we just wake up as these other beings. But who would go to an arcade and pay money... (laughs) to be Suns fans. Here's the thing, though. It's random. That's the fun of it. You could be Oh, you don't know. It's garbage. like a loot box. <laughs> it's like a loot box. Yeah, you don't pick and to Suns be Suns fan is like the common. Yeah. You get to be... I mean, maybe there's some... <laughs> maybe you pay extra money to, like, I don't know, get a little bit of extra luck when it comes to, like, lotteries or, like, if you want to... You, you could. I'm sure there's ways you can pay more to have a better life, right? But then, well, how do you get people with bad lives? You know, how does that happen? Maybe that's the punishment yeah, in that world. You get put in the virtual. It's like a Black Mirror episode with those. It's low, those priori- are low priority in the arcade. Is yeah, you get to be in jail <laughs> on your character. Fantastic. A lifetime of misery, basically. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what's it. It's an interesting thing to think about, and unfortunately, I I do tend to agree that there's probably nothing, which is sad. But but it is interesting. I don't want to get into this too much, but. Mm-hmm. It shows kind of the difference between people. Um, like, I don't think there's any, other than in this life, like there's no, in my opinion, there's no nothing after this life that would punish me for being a bad person, for example. So technically, yes. I don't think there's anything stopping me from doing a bunch of bad stuff. But I consider myself a good person. I just, you know, don't like to do bad things. Like, yep, that's just how I am. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, I mean, the logical reason I don't want to be locked up, I guess, but... At the same time, even if there wasn't that, I don't think I'd do anything, but you never know. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to think about either way. Okay, moving on to the final question. This one from Shang-Ti. <laughs> this one I found oh. very interesting. Give each other your best compliment. I wish I could think about this longer. Yeah, I, haven't I have not down. thought. Okay. Uh... I, okay, I'm just going to riff. I haven't thought about this at all. Uh-huh. 
I think Sindarin is a very kind and fair individual who does not prejudge people. I think he's open-minded, very open-minded. And I, this is turning into not a compliment now. I think that's your weakness. (laughs) (laughs) You're too open-minded at times. I mean, you don't hold grudges, but you are, you are a good person. And I think you, you do things for the right reasons. Let's just say that. Your turn, Cinderin. Oh God! Give it to me, baby. How do I? How do I answer that? I was gonna go with something like you know a compliment, not like fucking. I don't even know what that was. That do a compliment then. Say I have nice pale skin. Go ahead. It didn't fit. Be lame. (laughs) You have great farts. Um, (laughs) No, you can ask my girlfriend that anytime. I was gonna. I was gonna go with something simple. I think you have a really good voice. Uh, That's why you're really good for casting. It's why you're really good for this kind of podcast. And I think. Like, you so haven't it's just really my voice. You, it's you not my personality. Singing. You haven't explored singing enough either, I think. Like, just yeah. these little snippets I've heard are really nice. So I think, mm. you know, you could use your voice more. And maybe, I don't know if that's something you would want to do, but it's something maybe to consider that you could, you know, make money off your voice. Like, maybe you could do voice acting. I, I like the voice act. I was telling you this, and you were laughing because you thought it was horrible. I think your voice acting in the... Lorgasm with slacks is, is great. I think it's fucking funny. I think it's funny and good. Because I know I know it's like half sarcastic, but you're kind of hitting the tone really well. So I like it a lot. It's funny. I, it's I literally had a conversation today with my girlfriend where she's telling me I should do voice acting because I do enjoy yeah. it. It's it's less about like I want I like doing like cartoon characters and stuff. I think my problem is I do have a complex because my brother is so much better at that than me. Like it's I don't know why he doesn't do voice acting professionally. It is absurd. He can do literally every single accent in the world, basically. Like, he'll go on, like, a 10-minute monologue where he'll do every accent. It is, like, I, I'm brought to shame by that guy. But but thank you, Cinder. That's very kind of you. It's funny because I can't stand the sound of my own voice, but I appreciate it coming from you. I'm, I think that's very common. I don't like listening to my own voice either. Some uh, people do, though. I, very yeah, egotistically. I, I can think of a few people off the top of my head, actually. In my experience, the vast majority of people don't like the sound of their own voice. Yeah, I think I agree. And I think in part, actually, this, okay, this is going to be a really weird or random, uh, like, comparison. But if you think about what I said about Invoker earlier, the kid Invoker, and how, to me, it feels weird because it says the same lines as the adult Invoker, but it sounds different. That is what it's like when you hear your own voice, because it doesn't Mm. sound the same as when you talk, right? Because you hear it because of, uh, what is it? It's like, uh, is it resonance in your skull or whatever that makes the pitch sound different to yourself than to other people? Yeah. So when I hear myself say stuff that I know I've said in the past, it's like, it sounds off. It sounds like it's someone else saying it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not how you hear yourself all the time. So perhaps that's why a lot of people don't like the sound of their own voice because it's not what they're used that to. Rem- they're like, oh, I this, sound like that. And this conversation you know? reminds me of a so. funny, it's not a story, but it reminded me of something I completely forgot about. And it's hard to actually tell it properly. I so when Dota Two was released, Cinderin, mm-hmm. uh, how old was I? This was how many years ago? Ten years ago at this point? Eight. Eight years ago. God, that's not that long ago because I was still an old man, I guess. Oh, uh, eight, eight. Yeah. How old was like mid twenties? But you have to understand, I have the <laughs> the maturity level and the know how or whatever you want to say of probably a fifteen year old. To be fair, mm-hmm. at that time. I'm like a little kid in a... Where are you now? I'm like 18 now. 
I think. Okay. I've so grown. More, more, more growth than Invoker yes, then. A little yes. Bit, <laughs> yes, okay. a little bit more growth. So the reason I bring that up is because I I would do, sing, do things that would make me cringe if I think about them now. And this is one of those instances. I actually contacted Icefrog himself and Valve to try to get voice acting job for Underlord himself. This was way before he was released. I mm-hmm. sent them a a reel, if you want to call it that, with my voice for Underlord because I did this deep voice and then obviously, like all the voices, you add stuff to it, but I didn't add anything to it. Um, uh-huh. And they came back with me with a very nice PR answer. Thank you for sh- your submission. We appreciate it. You're, I don't remember if they said I was good, but regardless, they basically said you need to be part of a union <laughs> too. I'm like, eh, oh. that, that sounds like too much work. <laughs> like, eh, voice actor union, eh, that's okay, buddy. But I uh, appreciate it. That was... I, I think mean, about that now. On, it's like super cringy. I, I mean, maybe you find it cringy that you did that, but the answer that you got is means that they definitely acknowledged your efforts. Because a lot of things, from what I hear, a lot of things where you send or communicate with Valve, they either give no answer or it's True. like very short. And you know, they they like took the time to thank you for your efforts and acknowledge that you put in work for it. So that's kind. Of, I mean, that's something, right? Thank you, um, Valve. I appreciate that. But yeah, I was very jealous no, I, when Underlord I, I finally forgot, got I released. I wanted, after all the things you said about like my open-mindedness and whatever, I felt like mm-hmm. that was not a compliment. It was something bigger. What's bigger than a compliment? Is there a word for this? Like, you know, it, to me, when there's something in your compliment, you're like, you look nice or you have a, a good personality or you're, you know, wh- whatever it would be, right? It's like, mm-hmm. to me, compliments are like these very short to the point answers. And yours was like way more in-depth about some bigger trait or whatever. Is there a word for this? Uh, if there is, I can't think of it right now. Someone is saying saying endorsement. Confession of love, maybe. (laughs) Characterization? I think in English... High praise, true, I guess. High praise, sure. It's still a compliment, though. I think they're interchangeable in most cases. Yeah. Why, did you want to change your answer, Cinderin? No, it was... No, no, no. It was was more... That's what I was saying. I I felt like it was hard for me after that to just give you a compliment because I felt like you gave me more than a compliment. You know what I mean? Yes, because I'm and a when I would give each you. other your best compliment, I was like, okay, I'll I'll compliment something like a nice trait about you, and it felt like you were complimenting my being. You know? Yes, you <laughs> are the best bigger, person so. I've ever met. Okay, I will say this though, uh-huh. this is my real compliment. If you want something, okay, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I've had like, enough already. I've had enough. No, this already. is you like that other stuff anymore. was. It was embellished. I'm not. I wasn't really embellished, but I, you know, I was. This is mm-hmm. like the most unique thing about you. And I want—I don't want to come off as uh, very cynical, but mm. I am cynical. I'm a cynical person, and it takes a lot to for people for me to trust somebody. In the Dota scene, you are one of three people that I trust fully, fully trust three people, and that, that's a pretty big. Compliment. That's as high praise as I can honestly get. So, anyway, the other two are yourself and your girlfriend and myself. I don't count. Nikki doesn't count in this conversation. Come on, just the Dota scene. Okay. Non. Nikki, well, I you're guess not we're... in the Dota scene. <laughs> you know what I mean. Jesus. Just thought you should know, Nikki. <laughs> All right. So ending the episode, Cinderin, as always, have you watched In Bruges? Uh, no, I've not watched In Bruges yet. Okay. Uh, thanks for watching, everybody. Yeah. Until next time, yeah. Suns fan and Cinderin signing out. Enjoy the intro outro. Let us know what you think. We say things that don't mean anything. But thanks for listening. Yeah.